0: Kavanaugh. Man, are we so excited that you're here. Amen. It's so exciting. We had a great first service. and Will you stand with us? Yay. For those of you that are watching online, hang in there. Your time is coming. Let's start by singing praises to him. It is all because of Jesus that we are alive.
1: see you guys for real. Let me share in that. It is great to see you. I wish I could hug all of you right now for a long time, each of you. That's I'm serious. It is great to see you. You're smiling, well not smiling faces. I can't see that. But it's good to have you and we're so thankful that you are here finally with us. And I want to thank all of our online audience as well for joining us here this morning. We miss you guys and can't wait to see you guys here very soon. But man, I am so thankful for Jesus, I'm so thankful for His love for us, and the very thought that I get to be here today with you to sing and worship because of that is awesome. All right, I mean, you really forget how much you miss being a part of the body when when we're all not here. But man, we are here today, and I'm so thankful for that. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. You guys are the real superstars. Okay, Happy Mother's Day. Great to have you guys here as well. Um, And again. We're so thankful for this opportunity to be in God's house today. I know that the rest of this service is going to be awesome. Let's be praying for Brother Will as he brings the word today and as the Spirit kind of just continues to move through our worship service, all right? So let's continue to do that right now, all right?
0: Stand back up if you will. You were my hero. precious name we pray.
2: And uh, thank you for being here today. Welcome those of you uh, in person and then everybody listening online. Thank you for participating in the service today. It's an awesome day. May the 10th is, you know what? Mother's Mother's Day. Day. Give the mamas a big hand. Wow. Appreciate them. And uh, we're going to honor them today. It's also a big day in the Harmon home because it's Angie's birthday. You know, just... To, to, I, get, I get to knock down two birds with one stone today, Mother's Day and uh, birthday. And then uh, uh, the cool thing is this Thursday is our anniversary. We will have been married 37 years this Thursday, May the 14th. So that's incredible. Here's, here's the thing that just really blows me away. We will have been married 37 years, but today she's only 27 years old. Okay? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? It's called funny math, is what it's called. Hey, Mother's Day, if you're a a mama here today, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you for all that you do. And from the bottom of my heart, I have a gift for you today. And you know what? The best gifts are not always big gifts. Sometimes they're just in small packages. And today I've got a small package for you, but it is a Jim Dandy of a gift. It's it's this little heavy-duty vinyl pouch. (laughs) It It gets better. It has a silver zipper on it, okay? And it's beautifully painted on the front, and it says, Women of faith make a difference today, tomorrow, and always. And they do. Thank you, ladies. This pouch is for you. Now, just the pouch would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, you can put your stuff in it and carry it in your purse. The pouch by itself is great. But there's stuff in this pouch. Can I show you what's in it? I love Mother's Day. There, there are five treasures in this pouch, and, and I want to show each and every one of them to you because they're specifically picked out for you ladies. Beautifully painted in floral paint and baked on for lasting endurance. The first is a pair of nail clippers. Isn't that lovely? Beautifully painted, and they work. They do. I've clipped my nails with this. It, they're great. Great nail clippers. And if that were not enough, a beautiful pair of floral-painted baked-on scissors, handy-dandy scissors that are very sharp, they do work. Then next, y'all aren't getting into this as much as I thought you would. Isn't this great? Next is this beautifully floral-painted baked-on nail file with a hook on the end where you can actually, anyway. They tell me that this is a cuticle tool. The nail places are closed. That Yeah, some of them have reopened, but most of yeah, and there you go. You have this beautifully floral-painted cuticle. Guys, if you steal this from your mom, you could sharpen it and turn it into a little spear, but anyway, that's beside the point. And then the last thing, again, beautifully painted, floral-baked-on tweezers. Now, those of you who have little kids, tweezers are real handy to keep with you. Because I remember when I was a kid, I was constantly sticking things up my nose. And my mom would use tweezers to pull the... Anyway, isn't that great? Yeah. Here's the cool thing. I know you online are just really clapping about this too. I, I went to uh, Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and I, I tried to find these. But they're, you can't find them because these are, again, floral painted baked on beautiful works of art that you can't buy these but if you did buy these utensils individually you would easily spend 30 40 50 dollars just on the utensils themselves you can't get this pouch but i would value this pouch at at least another 25 30 40 50 dollars what you have here a hundred dollar value as a mother's day gift for you ladies today isn't it wow we love you we thank the world of you so ladies you can pick up your mother's day gift after service so don't run right now there's plenty of them after service uh... they're in the welcome center on those tables for you watching online come by the church anytime this week and and uh, we'll give you your gift our passage today for mother's day sermon is second timothy chapter one Uh, It's one of my favorite biblical passages that deal with uh, mothers and fathers as they raise their kids and their grandkids. So Paul the preacher is writing to Timothy who was his young protege in ministry. And here's what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you, Timothy... "...in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears." So, apparently a few years earlier, uh, Paul left and he left Timothy behind. Uh, these men had a, a, a great bond between them. It was, it was like a father and son bond. And Paul is remembering the tears that both of them shared as they said goodbye and said, "...I, I can't wait to see you again." That I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance, and here's verse 5, it's that great verse, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith, some translations use the word sincere, The, the Greek word means unhypocritical, it's a real faith, the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and even in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded this faith is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the reading and now the preaching of your word. Speak to our hearts and challenge our lives. In Jesus' name, amen now one of the things that is so cool about being a grandparent is that you get a nickname right Uh, it's grand being a grandparent because you get this cool nickname that that goes along with the task and so a couple of years ago when our eldest daughter uh, Whitney was pregnant with Ella Jane we started talking about uh, what is Ella Jane and the rest of our grandkids were gonna have what are they gonna call us and about that time Angie and I were over in the Philippines with our middle daughter Callie who was on a, a years long missions trip. And, and we were in the Philippines with her for about a week. And I'll never forget the first day uh, walking in the Philippines and all these little Filipino women would say something to me. They would call me some name that started with a P and I, I couldn't figure out what they were saying to me until later on that day at, at supper I asked Callie and Angie, what did what they keep calling me? And they laughed and said, they're calling you Poe, Poe. And I said, well, what what does that mean? And after a little bit of investigation, I found out that that is what the the Filipino ladies call elderly Filipino men, old men. Out of of reverence and respect and love, they affectionately call them Poe, all right? And so Angie and Callie started calling me Poe while we were on that trip and when we came home the whole family decided my granddad name is going to be poe so say poe with me on three one two three that's what what are you talking to me because i'm poe that's who i am i I love the name poe well i i I turned the thing on angie because she kind of picked poe for me i said okay i guess i get to pick your granny name Now, for me, it was real simple. She's going to be a grandmother, and her name is Angie. Grangie. Isn't that great? I mean, really, isn't that awesome? Come on, isn't that a great name? Grangie. And so when the whole family was together, I said, well, I guess we're going to call you old Grangie. The word old was a problem. That, that, I think that was the stump right there, old Angie, Grangie, old Grangie, old Grangy. Well, you, you, y'all have never seen my wife get bristled up and bow up. I, I know y'all have not seen that part of her, but occasionally she can do that. And let me tell you, Miss Angie bowed up and she said, I will not be called Grangie by you or anybody else. Yeah. Sounded like a great name to me, huh? So anyway, months went on. And I kept riding her. What are we going to call you? What are we going to call you? And finally, when the family was all back together again, I said, okay, Grangie, what, what is your name going to be? And she said, I am going to be called Lolo. I think, Lolo? That's not a great grandmother name. That's a that's an awful the only Lolo I know is a runner, a track star. You, Lolo, where'd you come up with Lolo? the Bible, she said. The, what are you, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Lois and Eunice, the mother and grandmother of Timothy. What did they do? They passed the faith onto Timothy. She said, I want to be a grandmother who passes my faith onto my grandchildren. And the nickname for Lois is Lolo. I shall be called Lolo. Well, how in the world are you going to argue with that? I mean, really, it's kind of like you're sitting down at, at supper and uh, and your six year old kid says, "Mom, Dad, I've been praying about this, and I believe it's God's will for me to have a dog." <laughs> I mean, how can you argue with that? The kid's been praying and they say it's God's will. You, I mean, you got to do it, right? She's saying. It's God's will for me to be called Lolo because I want to be the one who passes my faith down to my kids. So she's called Lolo. Say Lolo with me on three. One, two, three. Lolo. Lolo. What a great name for a grandmother. And it is biblical. In fact, here in, in 1 Timothy chapter, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, it tells us that Timothy had a genuine faith, a sincere faith. It was an authentic faith, it wasn't fake, it was real where did he get it specifically it came from his mother and his grandmother so Eunice and Lois were building a multi-generational faith dispensary in their home they were literally passing their faith onto their kids and their grandkids and moms let me tell you more than anything else that's what your kids need grandmothers that's what your grandchildren need They need someone who's going to come alongside of them and explain biblical faith to them. We read that here in verse number 5. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it now lives in you. So we read that Timothy's faith first lived and dwelt in his mother and his grandmother. It resided in these women. It it was not just a surface faith or a faith of mere appearance. It was something they fleshed out. They they lived out. It dwelled in these two godly women's lives. Their faith was like this strong tsunami wave that was flowing through their life and into their family and into their kids and grandkids in 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 2 Paul calls Timothy his true son in the faith now we don't know for sure but some speculate that on Paul's first missionary journey he came into contact with this family and it was through Paul's witness that Lois and Eunice were converted to Christianity and perhaps even Paul himself but it is made clear when you read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, that the first primary spiritual influencers in Timothy's life was his mother and his grandmother. We have no indication that Timothy's father was in the picture or a believer at all. And specifically, how did these two women go about passing on their faith to their son where we're told later on in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 this Paul says but as for you Timothy I want you to continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ so Paul says, when you were a little baby, Timothy, even from the days of your infancy, you had been taught the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. That means that from the very earliest days of his childhood, someone invested in Timothy's life, teaching him the basics of the Word of God. And according to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, we know who that was. It was his mother and his grandmother. They explained biblical faith to Timothy. These two women were of Jewish background. So they would have schooled Timothy from the words of the Old Testament. They literally taught him the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And we know that the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ that's what the old testament is about it's all about jesus so this faith that we pass along to our children is then the portal of salvation which comes through faith in jesus christ that's why it's so important moms and dads and grandparents that jesus christ be the very center of biblical teaching that we give to our children that we teach them to trust jesus that we teach them to love Jesus, that we teach them to cherish and treasure Jesus Christ. Because if we are going to develop into the people God intends for us to be, somebody has got to come alongside of us and share with us the foundations of faith, which is the Word of God. We need somebody who is going to invest time in us teaching us the biblical truths of jesus christ to teach us to live for jesus to teach us the truth of god so that we can become wise unto salvation and parents look at me that's your job in fact moms and dads you are the first responders when it comes to sharing faith with your children now Those of you who are here today or listening online who are parents and grandparents, you you may be somewhat bewildered on how to do this. It it may be overwhelming to you. How do I do all this? Well, the Bible says it's pretty simple. And and let me explain to you what I mean by that. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it gives this commandment to the parents and to the grandparents. Here's the word to you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength so this instruction begins with you you should love God with everything that you have are you with me you love God and these commandments which is the Word of God these commandments that I give you today are to be in your heart so that means that parents grandparents you need to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and you need to be reading his word and praying daily you've got to have a real faith yourself why here's the job you have impress these teachings onto your children teach them these things and here's how we go about doing that you talk about them when you sit at home so turn the TV off and talk to your kids about the Word of God all right you you talk about them when you walk along the road or you're driving in your car going to school when you lie down go to bed at night when you wake up in the morning and eat breakfast you tie them as symbols on your hands you bind them on your foreheads now for us that might look pretty weird but you know what you look kind of weird right now (laughs) anyway with that mask on so just write a verse on your mask and talk to your kids about that verse write them on the door frames of your houses and even on your gates so you plaster scripture on your refrigerator on their nightstand, on the doors, and constantly teach your kids the Word of God. You know what Deuteronomy 6 is saying, parents? Take every opportunity that God gives you through the day to instruct your children in biblical ways. Mom and dad, if your kids are to have a strong biblical faith, that faith first must abide in you. And having said that, it underscores the importance of bringing them to church and allowing the church to come alongside of you and help you as you instruct your kids in the ways of God. Now, the past seven weeks have been unprecedented. I've I've never in, in in our lives, we've never seen anything like this. And for the past seven weeks, we haven't been able to come together as a church family. And we're not all here today. And, and I knew that we wouldn't be because, you know, for, for some, they just don't feel comfortable coming out yet. But soon this is going to pass, and we're going to have the opportunity to come back together as the family of faith and to be here together as the church. And I, I look forward to that, and, and you should look forward to that, too. Here, here's what's happened, though, in the past seven weeks. Some, some people, not any of our Kavanaugh people, but some church people have, have just gotten really comfortable with this online thing. I mean, I've heard people from other churches, not our church, but I've heard people say, you know, it's pretty cool just getting up Sunday morning and, and wearing your pajamas and sitting in your recliner and sipping coffee and Listening to it online. Now, guys, don't, don't take me wrong. I'm, I'm so appreciative that we've had that vehicle the past seven ye- month, or weeks. Okay? And I'm so thankful we have people in our church that are smart enough and, and uh, not technically challenged like me that can pull something like that off. Uh, thank you, Devin, and everybody else. Great job. But God did not intend us to worship that way there is no way you can do biblical koinonia in your living room watching online you need to be here in person physically interacting with the family of faith we need one another and more than that your kids need it your little children need we worship they need kids church they need teen church and so when we are able to come back together i challenge you to make sure that you bring your family into god's house And allow us the opportunity to come alongside of you and teach and train your children in biblical faith. And just as a side note to that, we're always looking for volunteers, aren't we? In We Worship, in Kids Church, in Teen Church, they need your help. So don't just invest in your own kid's life. Come and participate and invest in others as well. So here's the basic thing that happens in families. We share the faith with our kids. We bring them biblical instruction. Kids need that. Number two, they need someone who will help them explore God's calling on their life. Look at verse 6 of of chapter 1. Paul said, For this reason I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now up to this point the the spiritual influencers in Timothy's life had been his family, his mother and his grandmother. They literally had poured into him. They had made him understand scripture which was wise for Timothy unto salvation and he received Christ as his savior. They also helped him explore the call of God that was on his life. But now other people were coming into young Timothy's life, specifically the Apostle Paul. And he was helping Timothy explore God's call on his life. And I think it's really important that God does this in our life, that God allows other people to come alongside our parents and our family to help us individually understand what it is that God has called each one of us to do. And I'll have to do a quick time out. If you are a Christian, no matter if you're 7 years old or you're 70 years old, God has a task for you. God has a calling that he has placed on your life. How do I know that? Well, right here in the text, Paul talks about that gift of God on Timothy's life. Fan that into a flame, that gift of God. He's not talking about Timothy's salvation, even though his salvation was a gift. The the word that he is using here is the word charisma. It means a gift of grace. Specifically, it refers to a particular calling that had been placed on Timothy's life from God himself through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And all of us have that calling on our life. All of us have a gift, a task that God wants us to do. And, And I think it's important for you as a parent To be able to see that in your own kid's life and and help guide them in that. But it's also important for others to come alongside and affirm that and help kids understand that God has a a calling on you. And and to help us fan that flame and stir up that gift of the calling of God on our life. Now, my calling is, is into vocational ministry. But you know what god calls all of us to do something and i can specifically remember people that god brought into my life as a kid growing up in west texas who saw that calling that god had on my life and they helped fan the flame one was my aunt aunt pat kate she was my cts teacher Christian training service teacher, uh, went to Aunt Pat's class every Sunday night when I was a kid growing up at the West Side Free Will Baptist Church in Midland, Texas, and my Aunt Pat saw something inside my life. She saw God's call on my life, and she helped fan that flame. She encouraged me to be the man God called me to be. When I lived in Abilene, Texas, my pastor was this fellow by the name of Lionel Cooksey. Lionel was not an educated man, but let me tell you, He was close to God. A prayer warrior. And for some reason he loved me. And he would come by my house when I was in 8th grade and pick me up and drive me from Abilene, Texas 200 miles out in West Texas to go to a youth rally or a youth revival because he wanted me to be influenced by others who were on fire for Jesus Christ. Why? Because Lionel saw the gift that was inside of me and he helped flame that fire and that calling. Man, you know what? We need to be those kind of influencers. Not only with our own kids, but also with other people. Timothy's mother and grandmother and, and Paul himself. They didn't want Timothy just to settle to be an average Joe Christian. And if your name is Joe, I don't mean to belittle you there. No, they wanted more for Timothy than that. They wanted Timothy to be a champion of the faith, so they challenged him and helped him to explore and embrace the calling of God on his life for the service of Christ and the kingdom of God. I've got three kids myself, and I know that God has placed a calling on all three of my kids. And without fail, every single day, I pray that God would protect that call that he's placed on my kid's life. I cherish that more than anything else in their life. That they find, follow, and finish God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for their life. And parents, I'm challenging you to do the same thing for your own kids. And then, notice kids in our church. Johnny, they can be little bitty kids, you know what? The little bitty kids, they have a heart that's sensitive for God. It it may be a teenager in your ministry, but you know what? They're listening to the voice of God. And what an encouragement for somebody, for Brian Books to come along beside some kid and say, Hey, you know what? I see God working in your life. I think you can do something special for God. Let me tell you, that would mean the world to a young person. For you as an adult to, to be concerned about the calling of God in their life and encourage them. Timothy had it. I think some of our kids need it. Number three, kids need encouragement to be holy. They need to be encouraged to have a holy character inside of them. Now, there is some indication from reading these two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy that Paul had spotted a particular weakness in young Timothy's life that he wanted him to work on. Where do I get that? Well, from verse number seven. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, Timothy, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So did the apostle Paul see something in Timothy that concerned him? Did Timothy have a fearful side to him? Did Timothy need some encouragement to step up and courageously flesh out the calling that God had placed on his life? Well, it certainly seems that way. When we read verse number 7, many believe that Timothy was presumably a timid young man by temperament and naturally shy. He he may have had a tendency to shrink back from difficult tasks, and so he needed someone who was stronger than himself to come alongside of him and encourage him to live the faith life without fear. I've observed today that many kids are really not raised they're simply allowed to grow up. You know what I'm talking about? They, they don't have that, that strong influence in their life to make right choices and do the right... They, they're just left to... They're, they're put on automatic. What do I mean by that? When, when we were in Pine Bluff, some of our friends, the Coopers, had a, had a dog and they'd go on a two-week vacation and, and I'd said to Les Cooper, I said, What do you do with your dog? Where are you going? He says, Oh, we put him on Automatic. He's got enough food and water for two weeks, and he's fine. <laughs> well, you know, the sad thing is parents do that with their kids. When it comes to raising them, they, they, they just kind of put them on automatic. And, and man, that, that's just leaving it up to chance, guys, and you don't want to do that. that. That is too precious of a commodity. Our children need direction in life. They need proper correction and instruction in life. And it's your job to give that to them. I was a little boy growing up in Midland, Texas. We lived uh, north of Midland out in the country. We had three acres out there. And, and I can remember, eight years old, uh, my dad decided to plant some fruit trees. And so we went out back behind the backyard and dad planted all these fruit trees. And, and I can still remember today, beside every tree, he would drive into the ground a, a, a s- steel rod. And he would take twine and he, he tied the tree to that twine. And again, that was 50 years ago. But I can remember asking Dad, Dad, why are you doing that? He said, well, son, you know the wind blows out here. And let me tell you, in West Texas, the wind blows. You look at most trees and they're leaning because of the constant wind. He said, we want our fruit trees to grow up straight and tall and strong. So I'm connecting them with this rod to give them that advantage. Now, what a tremendous message for parents today in passing the faith on to your kids. Obviously, if our kids are going to grow up straight and tall and strong, they are going to need parents to come alongside of them and give them guidance so that the kid can lean on the parent and get it. But if we're going to do that, parents, we have to be spiritually alive ourselves. We have to be spiritually alert. We must be spiritually active in order to give them holy character. That brings me to number four here's what kids need they need someone to entrust the future to them if we skip over to chapter 2 verse 2 here's what paul said and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others in other words we must be unleashing on the world a new set of leaders every generation. We've got to pass the baton onto our young people. Why? Because they are our future. We need to teach them and equip them and enable them so that they can become the leaders of the future. And that's our job. That's our job. Mamas. Mamas, that's your job. I, I don't know what it is, but they're... I guess it's because they've been with you forever, haven't they? Those kids have been with you forever. Their life started with you. So, so the bond between a mom and a kid is just, it's absolutely amazing. I know my kids love me, but they don't love me the way they love their mama. There, there is a unique bond between a mom and her kids. Moms, you, you need to understand the influence that you have on your children and the direction that you can give them, it all begins with you. Be a Eunice. Be a Lolo to them. And I think maybe a a good inspiration at this point for you would be to go and read the the biography of Susanna Wesley. She was the mother of of Charles and John Wesley, uh, two, two theologians, two preachers, two hymn writers that literally set our world on fire for the cause of Jesus Christ. Susanna Wesley had 17 kids. First service, everybody in the service said, whoa, when I said 17 kids. Can you imagine 17 kids? Say, whoa, with me, one, two, three. Whoa, man. But, (laughs) that is cool. But, every day she prayed for one hour, Every day, one hour for all 17 of those kids. Now, you you do the math, that's that's only like three and a half minutes per kid. But you know what? She prayed for every one of them. It is also said that, that every week, she would individually spend an hour with each of the 17 kids. So every week, each kid got an hour with Mama. And you know what Mama talked to him about? The Bible, biblical faith. The foundations of faith, their calling in life. Is it any wonder that two of those 17 that grew up literally set this world on fire, not only in Europe, but in America, with the gospel of Jesus Christ? What an inspiration. I close with one of my favorite Mother's Day stories. A a woman once wrote Gypsy Smith after an evangelistic campaign. Gypsy Smith was a famous evangelist, and, and she was at one of his crusades, and she had been converted as a result of one of his messages. And here's what she said in her letter. I believe the Lord wants me to preach the gospel, Brother Smith, but the trouble is I have 12 children to raise. What shall I do? To which Brother Smith wrote back and said, My dear lady, I am so happy to hear that you have been saved and you feel called to preach. But I'm even more delighted to know that God has already provided you with a congregation of 12. Amen. And mamas, you've got your own congregation. We can't come to the altar today and pray. But you know what? We can make an altar right where we are you here in your pew and those of you listening online, and I want to spend the next couple of minutes just praying for you as moms, as dads, as grandparents, to to raise your kids understanding that Jesus is Lord and having for them the greatest desire that they have in life is to grow up and serve Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let me pray for you. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for our mother's I thank you for their tremendous love and and the way they give constantly. I pray that today they would be honored and blessed and, and dear Lord, that they would just receive our heartfelt thank you. I pray that you would equip our moms and our dads, our grandparents, to be a shining example to their kids and their grandkids. to, To come alongside of them and help them to grow straight and tall and strong. To realize that God has a call on their life. And the greatest thing they can do is fulfill that calling. So I pray for our families today. I pray, dear Lord, that that each home would be a multi-generational faith dispensary, that that we would be dispensing the faith and and seeing it flow from generation to generation. Help that to happen at Cavanaugh Church. Dear Lord, bless our church. Help us to come back from, from this virus and be stronger and larger than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Before you leave and before you guys turn me off, uh, let me just remind you of a couple of things, all right? Mother's Day gifts are on the tables uh, behind us in the Welcome Center. Uh, Make sure you pick one up as you leave. If you're watching online, uh, come by this week. The offices will be open, and we'll be glad to give you your gift as well you've noticed at each exit all five of our exits there are boxes those are for you to drop your offering in so as you leave you can drop your offering in or give online through the month of may the only in-person services that we're going to have are going to be at nine o'clock and 10 30 so no bible study on sunday night no wednesday night service we will continue to be online for these services so tonight uh, Brother Johnny has a special guest, and you kids watch him at six o'clock. Also at six o'clock, Brother Nathan has a lesson for the uh, teenagers. Tonight and only tonight, because it's Mother's Day, we were not planning on having Bible study. So there will be no adult Bible study lesson tonight, but next Sunday night, online, we'll pick that up again. Wednesday night, uh, no service, just online service, so tune in for that. Continue to pray at 1:30 every day for our uh, campaign it's our turn if you are here uh, you've seen that uh, they've at least got a sign up out there and they've started deconstruction so that we can begin construction on our new building and we're so thankful for that I'm I mean I am greatly excited for our stewardship campaign it's our turn we've kinda put it on pause uh, and we will reignite that when everybody is back together either Later this summer or in September, don't know when yet, but, uh, but we'll pick that up. Next Sunday, we were going to honor our graduates, both high school and uh, college graduates. What we've decided as a staff is to kind of put that on the back burner and wait. Uh, bless our seniors' hearts. This has been a tough year for them. but we, have, Man, I tell you, and, and, and we know that for some of our seniors, this is going to be the only stage they get to walk across. And so we want to make it really special, and so um, knowing that not everybody is going to be back next Sunday, we've just kind of put that on pause, and uh, we will do that sometime this summer when the whole family is back together, okay? So seniors, just be aware of that. We will honor you. Uh, It's just going to come a little bit later. Pray for each other. Continue to pray for Ron Rogers. He's still in Denver. He'll be there until uh, June the 3rd. And pray for Ernie Carver, a member of our church. Uh, He had an episode with his heart last night, and for about 50 minutes, his heart stopped beating. Uh, They were able to get it going again. He's in the hospital, so for sure, be sure and pray for Ernie and Sheila Carver. All right? I love you. God loves you. This church loves you. Uh, You're dismissed. Go get your gift, mamas.